Sophia, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Yay. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Um, So let's talk about you and comedy. And you're you're one of my favorite people from like Twitter and Facebook. And like, I'm so glad we connected like last year or so. Oh, thanks. Yeah, of course. Um, So what got you inspired to do comedy? What mediums do you perform? And how long have you been doing it? Um, okay. So I guess that's kind of a multifaceted question. So like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I actually started performing when I was, um, in my early teens. Um, so it's been about 20 years since I first went on stage doing stuff, but I was doing oh it for a long time. Yeah, I know. I know I'm in my mid thirties. Things are crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't expect to get this old. Um, you don't look at a day. I mean, old. What else is going to happen? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was doing music for a long time. Um, I mostly like when I started out, I was doing a lot of like punk and stuff. Um, I was doing a lot of hip hop for a long time. Um, and then I, when I came out as trans, I kind of dropped off of doing a lot of artistic things. It was kind of focusing on my day job, um, where I'm a chemical engineer. Um, so I was working on that and then, um, I I went through like a series of like really bad um, kind of uh, mental health stuff and I wound up an inpatient and um, I found myself telling jokes during group and I felt like it was a really cathartic way to kind of process what was going on. Uh, I don't know, this is like the biggest red flag ever for a comedian, but like that's, I you know, I, I started um, in crisis and um, so when I got out, I waited like a month or two and, you know, kind of jotted some ideas for jokes down and um, started after that. And, you know, within two months of doing comedy, I was already getting paid gigs. So, you know, got um, comfortable and happy real quick. That's awesome. And you also do sketch writing too, right? I do some sketch writing, um, which is kind of incidental. Like I've been doing a lot of screenwriting for longer stuff. There's mm-hmm. um, a movie I've been working on since 2019. It's kind of in development hell right now because of COVID. And then we lost um, an actress. And it's, it's kind of a big headache because we, we started filming that year. I wrote it in the summer of 2017. We started filming it in November that year. And then when COVID hit, we had to start canceling shoots. And, um, you know, it was like, oh maybe it'll be a month maybe it'll be two months and then it was like oh okay this is like not gonna go away um and you know so so people dropped off people dropped on we're kind of talking over what to do with it now like the the group that I work with um but since then you know I've I've written um a couple more screenplays I have uh, storyboarded a few others to to write stuff down and it's you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I don't, I don't know if, you know, I have like ADD or something, but like, I don't focus well on one topic at a time. And so I like to bounce from project to project and kind of get stuff done. Eventually I do get it done, but, um, you know, kind of flow where I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you're a fantastic writer, honestly. Oh, thanks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I think you sent me one of your sketches to like look at and I was literally 
howling of laughter reading the sketch. Was it the the curbside OBGYN? Sketch? Yeah, I think that's like my favorite sketch. I think it's like SNL worthy. Uh, oh, thank you. I actually really want to get that filmed soon because uh, one of the people that I have eyed for an actress for that uh, who's another comedian from this area um you know we've talked about filming it uh her name is kate clancy she's excellent super super funny person um and she uh is gonna move out of connecticut soon um and you know her and her boyfriend uh brian bargainer are like they're they're i can't even i boyfriend uh, they're married uh husband and wife um but they're fantastic and i've done like more for the connecticut comedy scene than almost anybody i know so mm-hmm. i uh, obviously like want to put that work in with them um and hopefully get that done asap um luckily the actually uh, it's funny i cast somebody else to play the doctor in that sketch and um i moved kind of recently i moved in with my partner and um it turns out that the guy that i cast for the doctor uh, lives uh, a block away from me right now oh my god so uh yeah so it makes it uh world (laughs) yeah yeah it's super exciting so i I definitely want to get that done asap yeah so what inspires all these sketches and and screenplays and and your material when it comes to stand-up um so i guess um like my big thing is and and maybe this is comedy in general like I don't know maybe this is how I'm viewing comedy but it's like about absurdity it's like you know there's always something that like doesn't match up with expectations and like those are the the funny things it's like um trying to think of a like a a great example um There was a, a friend of mine uh, who did a joke about um, getting getting rid of the mice in his house. And the joke ends with him eating the mice. And, it, you know, it just kind of, uh, it doesn't evolve slowly that way. It's like, you know, at the end he explains that he's been eating these mice. And, like, that's, like, absurdity to me. Like, like you're expecting something and you get something else. And so, like... Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, COVID has been like this huge source of absurdity where like, you know, we expect, um, especially people that have, uh, you know, studied a little economics, there's, you know, that that old uh, idea in classical economics that people are rational agents and they will do what's in their self-interest and blah, 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 blah. And like, then you see something like COVID and people are like, I'm not wearing no mask. And it's like, oh no, like this, this went so bad. Um, and so like, you know, like, I think um, it's a reflection of like, looking at the irrationality of the world. Like for, yeah. uh, you know, for, for other screenwriters, I'm really influenced by um, people like um, James Gunn, who, you know, is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and um, Slither, and he worked for Trauma Films for a long time. And um, he, I think, did a good job of writing about characters coping with absurdity. Like he wrote the um, the Dawn of the Dead remake. And, I, you know, the, the movie go- goes somewhat similarly to the original. People post up at the mall, that kind of thing. But their their way of coping with the absurdity is like they're, you know, finding celebrity lookalike zombies and shooting those specifically because there's too many zombies to handle. Or, um, you know, even um, K 
capturing the weirdness of the the characters and guardians of the galaxy you know you've got you know rocket who is a raccoon and like that's got to be weird to deal with and like the the guy who becomes the hero is like kind of an idiot (laughs) you know he wants to dance uh all the time and that's how he you know fools the bad guy in the first one but i i also really like people like uh yorgos lanthimos like a greek filmwriter like if you've seen um the lobster uh which is a great movie because like like the whole setting is absurdity you're just you're you're led into this world that's kind of like ours and he's got this way of world building where he gives you a world that looks like the world that we live in but it's that you know there's something different about it there's some some weird almost dystopian element especially lobster is like um you know it kind of unfolds and you get to like kind of ride through the experience and i love that um i think i'm a little more goofy than uh he is but i still you know i love that that's amazing so do you think there's a difference between who you are on stage versus who you are off stage um i think to an extent yeah i think that's the same for anybody um i i you know i mean maybe there are some comedians that are like perfectly authentic and you know just themselves but i think there's always like some element of playing up like your own personality um you know i'm i'll I'll play up my own bitterness or my insecurities or my um uh neuroses about the world yeah you know it's yeah, I I did a joke recently that I you know I stretched the truth on, but I I thought it was funny anyway. And so the the, the basic premise of the joke is that um, years ago I was dating this girl, and you know when we first had met, um, we were in the car, and um, you know somebody cut me off, and so you know I scream, "Hey, go fucking kill yourself out the window!" and she was like, "You can't say things like that. You, just, you know it's bad. That's really terrible. You gotta." be a little more positive um you know fuck you would even be fine but like i think you should say something positive and so you know i think about it and i come up with this other phrase and i start saying go better to yourself to everyone that pisses me off (laughs) but then you know a couple years later you know uh, her and i had been living together and um like this part of the story is true that i you know i woke up one day and she said you know i've been cheating on you and you should move out and then i asked the audience i said what do you think i said and oh you know, sometimes people will say, go better yourself. And I'll say, oh, you guys think I'm really nice, don't you? Um, and then other times, you know, people will say, uh, go kill yourself. And I'm like, oh, my God, do you think I'm that bad? Yeah, I'm that bad. Um, but I didn't really tell her to go kill herself. Like, that wasn't, I, I think I'm uh, maybe more measured than that in real life. You know, I, I didn't say a whole lot of nice things. I said, wow, you're kind of a piece of shit. But like in that tone of voice, I, I don't really, uh, I'm not like a super excitable person. Like I really like all of the things around me. I get excited. I have a lot of emotions, but I don't express them in this very like vivid, crazy way. I'm not, you know, Kermit the frog waving my fucking arms around. Uh, I'm very like relaxed. And so, you know, I was just like, wow, you are such a piece of shit. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> And so that's that's what really happened. I didn't tell her to go kill herself, but I think that the joke plays well on this idea that like, you know, somebody wants to grow and learn to be a better person. And there's always just that thing that brings them back down to home. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, so you were. Oh, oh go no, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I, I guess uh, what I was saying is that. Um, crap, I lost it. Where was <laughs> I going with that? Whatever. Not important. Keep okay. <laughs> moving. Um, so you're based in Connecticut, which is very cool. And what does the Connecticut comedy scene like? Is there anything you'd want to improve? Do you think it's queer friendly? Um, it depends on where you are. There's some bookers um, who I think have a focus on that. And I'm not saying that like, uh, I'm, I'm not here to, you know, crack down on somebody's open mic. I'm not the, the comedy police. Like I, I don't like uh, you know, bigoted jokes, but I'm not gonna, you know, march into every open mic telling them like, oh, you can't tell jokes like that. Like, that's not my responsibility. Like, if I'm there and somebody tells a bigoted joke about me, like, yeah, I'm gonna have feelings about it. And it's happened before. Um, and I can't, but I can't say that that's endemic of the whole scene entirely. Like, I um, was running a room for a couple of years, and um, I I felt like we had a fairly progressive uh, ki kind of outlook on things. And the people we booked were fairly progressive people. I never had a problem with somebody telling a bigoted joke. And it's, you know, because like I'm a trans woman, my business partner and that is a black man. Like we are trying to look out to create a safe space for the people mm -hmm. around us. And I think we did a good job at that. Um, but you know there's there's been other venues that i've been to that are not like that that like you know you'll hear a misogynist joke three seconds and or a holocaust joke now we're in and you oh, know no. yeah yeah it's it's bad it's That's bad, terrible but, um you know i i still try to um support everybody i realize that like not everybody has the same ideas on comedy um in general and I, I like I don't know that I can consider my own perspective uh, like to be like 100% objective and I don't like that kind of thing I don't, I don't think it's a good thing I, I could make an argument as to why it's not but again like I'm not it's not my job to come and cancel people like I'm trying to build something else I figure um, you know if we want to make the world better you have to build something you can only deconstruct so often and so much Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Facts. Yeah. Thank you for that insight. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so what are your hopes and dreams for in the future of comedy? Do you see yourself like staying in Connecticut or moving someplace or um yeah, I so I mean, you know, part of that is is connected to my my life as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Connecticut a lot. I'm from here originally. I've only lived in one other state. I lived in North Carolina for a while. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm with somebody that I want to be with long term. And, you know, uh, we've been talking about the whole like having kids thing and all that Aww. stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I want to do that. I think that's, uh, Goals. yeah, <laughs> I just, you know, like I'm, I, you know, mid thirties, like, I'm, you know, I want to settle down, but I do want to keep doing comedy. I love that. I occasionally get to travel into mass or New York or Rhode Island or whatever. And, um, see people. I'd love to travel when I'm on work vacations. Um, I would, you know, if, I don't know if things came down the line to it and I made comedy a job that would certainly be comfortable for me. Like, I'm not gonna, 
I, I like to be open-minded about where things are going. I don't necessarily have any, you know, uh, specific aspirations. I have things that I like to do and I try to get better at those things and bring them to some kind of fruition. But, you know, I want to be making movies and, you know, I'm in grad school, but I'm a math student. I'm not doing, you know, something art related. Um, and I have my day job. I work for a pharmaceutical company and, um, so, you know, I, you know, I try to advance all of those things. And if something makes me a bunch of money, then that's cool. Um, and if something, you know, brings me to a point where like, I have to move to another place then that's cool too. Like, I like staying here. I'd like to be here. My family is here. My partner's family is here. There's incentive, but um, I'm not, you know, 100% in control of that. I, um, I, I do want to at least make some, you know, some, some more film stuff, get some of the stuff that we've filmed out into the public. We've had a bunch of stuff sitting in post for forever. Cause I work with the same people kind of ad nauseum, or at least in terms of, um, you know, film editing and audio editing and that kind of thing. Uh, so I, you know, I would like to get that stuff kind of out into the world, but, um, I don't know, just kind of taking it as it comes. I, you know, right now I'm uh, a little less apt to do live comedy because of the Delta variant spreading. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, let's chat with people on podcasts. Let's, you know, yeah. seek out those kinds of opportunities for a while uh, and then see how things shape up. Yeah, definitely. And I wish you all the best and all the success in the world, honestly. Thank you. You're super creative and amazing. You inspire me, like, literally so much. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Of course. Um, so my last question for you is, uh, what advice do you have for, for future, future comics or something you wish someone told you when you first started doing comedy? Um, All your screenwriting and writing and in general. Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many things in that. Um, I wish somebody would have told me not to start with storytelling, like, mm. um, if you're doing short sets, a story takes too long to set up. And unless there's a joke, you know, a laugh every 30 seconds in that, um, you're going to have the audience kind of like yawning by the end of that five, 10 minutes, whatever it is that you have for your open mics. Like, yeah, you know, start off with like, you know, short and sweet, you know, like, you know, uh, give the setup, give the punchline, give the setup, give the punchline, try to mm -hmm. be quick and punchy about it. Um, I, you know, I, when I first went on stage, I tried to do a story and I realized very quickly that that was not a strategy that I wanted to repeat. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think it was a, it was a good story, but it's, you know, it took me the whole five minutes to get through. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, even if you're a comedian starting out, don't do bringer shows like people that are making you risk losing money to be at a venue is ridiculous. Like, yeah. you know, do open mic, but also like contact, you know, just get to know people who book shows, um, even if they're outside of your area and a place that you might have to travel to, because those people will set you up with shows and, you know, uh, set you up for success. Um, hold on one second. Okay. 
anyway, um, sorry. It's 2021 and phones are terrible. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, say don't be too um, rigid with your jokes. Like be comfortable um, letting them flex to fit the room. And so, you know, if you, um, you know, you wrote this perfect five minute set list um, and then like, you know, it's, it's kind of along some theme, some line, um, don't stick with the set list, like grab some other joke that you have, like always have something in your back pocket or start interacting with the crowd, like find some other way to deviate from your original plan, especially if it's not going well halfway in. Yeah. Um, Cause that could be really difficult. Um, also just breathe, like seriously, like give the audience time to react. Don't like just run through jokes like crazy. I know sometimes like five minutes can feel like forever, but you know, like, I don't know, let a punchline sit for a minute, you know, like uh, interact with the audience talk. Don't be afraid to be weird. Um, it, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't have a, a set list written for a show that I did a couple of weeks ago and I, I, I was a little nervous about it. Um, but I've been trying to kind of uh, be a little more free form with things. And, uh, you know, I had s- specific ideas that I wanted to get out. And so, you know, I had like five words written on a piece of paper and that was kind of how I fleshed out my set. And I was like, if I stick on these topics, it'll be great. But I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to limit myself. And towards the end of it, I kind of lost my place in the world. Uh, like my, my head just kind of drifted off. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to stand here. And so I said that to the audience. I was like, I'm just going to stand here and you guys are going to just have to tolerate me. And I was the last performer of the night. So there's like nowhere to go. <laughs> um, and people laughed at that uh, just because it was honest, open, like, you know, it was just, um, just being myself. And I think, um, you know, people get locked into habits and formulas about doing things that might not necessarily uh, jive with the crowd every time. I mean, you know, when we're growing up into comedy and you're watching all of these famous comedians on a big stage telling jokes to a thousand people, those thousand people know what this comedian is like. They're already fans of that comedian. They came here for that comedian. Whereas like, if you're like, uh, you know, getting, you know, you're on the smaller side, underground, whatever comedian, um, those people don't, maybe don't know you the same way. Um, They don't have the expectations of what they're going to laugh about. They might not be the kind of people that even laugh at your normal jokes. And so also like expect to bomb once in a while. And it's not like necessarily a reflection on you. Like maybe the crowd just isn't your crowd. Every comedian has their own crowd. Um, I don't think that the, you know, the, the Ralphie May crowd would be into my kind of jokes. Like I think I might be in a, like a different kind of headspace. Um, like, you know, or like an Andrew Dice Clay. Like I'm just not that I'm lowbrow, but I'm not that kind of lowbrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like I like doing jokes about, uh, you know, watching porn and, and horror movies and stuff, but I feel like I come to them from a different place and I still feel like I'm 
not all the time, but uh, a lot of the time stuck in like a social commentary mode where it is still like an observation on the world. And I'm, you know, I don't know. I also would say uh, Zoom shows are maybe the worst. <laughs> I like, I love getting to interact with other comedians online. I love that I've made a weird little network of people across the US, like super cool, like, that twin us uh given a lot of us to each other and um you know given that whole strength of weak legs thing so you know if i'm like hey i'm traveling to chicago or i'm traveling to seattle or uh dc or baltimore or whatever and i want to do a show i probably have a booker to ask like there's there's at least one or two people on my list that i could call and be like hey like even if it's just an open mic, like, hey, you know, could you could you set me up with something? It's better if it's a paid show. I don't like traveling for no money, but um, if I'm already traveling and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's fantastic advice. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this. It was so much fun. Yeah, this was great. Thank yeah. you for having a whole lot of insightful questions. Of course. Yay. <laughs>